So hi, welcome to the Good Noise Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with... I'm, I'm Matthew. I'm Sam. I'm Audra, and we are Concrete Castles. And we're going to ask them some questions today about their new album, Wish I Missed You. So congrats on that, by the way. How do you feel about those sponsors so far? It has been kind of crazy. I mean, when you're putting out all new stuff, it's like very weird, especially because this is the first time we've really put out original music. So it's very weird to like, you know, be at these shows that we played and like see people singing along to like our original songs. And we're just like, what is going on? I think that's been like the most surreal part, especially for me, like after we put this album out, being up on stage and like singing and like seeing people sing the words back to you is like kind of a crazy thing. And just being like, wow, like we wrote these songs and people know them. Like it's, it's kind of weird. Uh, so I guess your your fans from first to 11 like accepted this music and like really embrace it. Yeah, they better. <laughs> I mean, I hope they did. I'm not, really, I'm not really giving them a choice. They need to. Watching. Listen up. You need to listen to this music if you're a first 11 fan. You can't call yourself a first 11 fan unless you listen to Concrete Castles. That's a fact. Perfect. Ah, okay. That's a little harsh, but you know, I'm, I said it, I stand by it. All right. Exactly. Fair. All right. Uh, so is there any meaning behind the album name or cover art? <laughs> this is funny. No, that, okay. So actually, okay. So let me tell you this, how we got our band name is literally because our management just texted us and was like, guys, the deadline was a week ago. What's the name? We were like, I don't know. What about this? And there's like, we don't like that. How about this? And we were like, thank goodness. Somebody's picked for us. So, the meaning behind the album name is very similar. They were like, guys, the deadline was a week ago. What's the album name? Kind of us, though, like, we were just like, we really like Wish I Missed You. And I'll tell you guys a little secret, I guess. We weren't planning on releasing that song as a single. When we went to do all the videos for the singles that we released, we hadn't even recorded Wish I Missed You. And it wasn't even going to be on the album. Oh. And then our our management our label was like i think you guys should go record this song i think it would be really cool and we got done recording it and we heard like the final produced version and we were like this has to be on the album and we want to make it like something special because we really like the song so we were like what better way to put it as like the first track on the album title the album after it and really like bring some attention to it considering we didn't have a music video for it mm -hmm. Oh. Very interesting. We just hate naming things. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting that. Yeah, I'm getting that vibe. Uh, not a big naming band. <laughs> just like, yeah, no, I'd rather not. Valid. Exactly. Um, so like the cover, you guys have got yourselves on there. It's your debut album. Is there any like idea behind that? Or did your management just yeah, go, no, we're going to you like, guys oh, on Yeah, it. we need a cover art like a week ago. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, no, I was going to say, they sent us they sent us some cover arts, and we were like, I don't know. Like, we kind of wanted to be more personalized. And Matt was like, why don't we use some of like the the Polaroid pictures that we took when we were like at the photo shoot for like all the like promo photos. And mm -hmm. so I like dug through my camera and like found a few of them. And all they did was just like take it and change the color of it and then slap it on the album cover. And that's how we got it. I always wanted to be on a CD and a t-shirt. <laughs> hey, you got we did that. it. You got that I now. Made it. That uh, so can you tell us a little bit about your writing process for this album? Uh, the writing pro I mean, the first record, it, like we said, we've really hardly done a lot of original music before this. So it was a bit all over the place. We did so, uh, some co-writes with some people in LA and that was really fun. We also did some stuff here in Erie, just in this room that we're zooming you from. So it was a little over the place. I don't know. I bet Matt maybe can add a little more detail, but there wasn't a whole lot of structure to it. Yeah. The whole like writing process was like us finding a writing process. 
So we just did every single thing imaginable. Like people were like, start with lyrics first and then put chords to it. And we tried that and we tried chords first and meet Sam would bring in a whole entire song, like finish start to end. And Audrey would try to put lyrics to it. And we just tried like every conceivable way. Writers, no writers, song first, only acoustic, this, that, the other. And uh, just whittled it down and like, the, the least helpful thing is I think every song was written in a different way. So yeah. I guess we have zero conclusion on what works the best. I guess we'll figure it oh out God. in this next album. We'll see what works the best. But I feel like we definitely have found some things where like, oh, this time we want to try writing more here and bringing finished songs to writers when we go to start this next album. So I think we got somewhat of a good idea of like how we want to continue our writing process, you know, as we keep going and keep writing original stuff. But this first, this first one was definitely a little more chaotic because we were just, you know, trying some new things to kind of see what we like the best. Okay. Definitely. Wow. That sounds very chaotic. (laughs) (laughs) So I want you three to tell us your favorite lyric off this record and the meaning behind it. There's lyrics on this thing. (laughs) I believe so. What is that? Um, I don't know what to, I don't I don't know what to pick. Give me like a second. I need to, that was a tough question. Yo, Sammy, you got one? Uh I like the verses of atmosphere a lot. I'm trying to think of like uh I like the part. Okay, wait. It's not my favorite, but I like that. I like the the second verse of atmosphere written this verse a million times, deleted it all because my friends told me that you weren't worth my time. Uh, I like that line a lot. I kind of like that the concept because the concept of atmosphere um, is kind of like, man, I I hate writing songs about this person. You're like, why do I even why do I care about this person? So dumb. Like I'm wasting so much stupid time and energy on this person. And so like the idea being like, I've written this verse a million times and being like, I don't want to put out a song about somebody. Like I think even the first verse, there's like a callback because it's like, don't want to write another sad song. When I originally wrote this, it was like about another girl who didn't, but. Audra is a girl, so it's like, don't write another sad song, but another boy didn't last long. So it's kind of like a callback, like, I don't want to write a song about a relationship. That's kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, mine, I got it now. Mine is from Suburbia. It's in the chorus. The smile and wave make no mistakes. We're all just on display here in Suburbia. And um, I wrote this one with John and Steven. We were just kind of writing about how, like, you know, we're from a small town, and it's like, you don't want to be stuck in basically suburbia is what you're saying but like especially with what we do like you know we do a lot of stuff online and we were like all you do online is you have to be like you know this perfect person and like it's so easy to mess up online and have people just you know go crazy Mm -hmm. and so we were like this let's write a song about you know how this is like how people live in this like suburban like mindset and they're just like you can't do anything wrong this is how you're supposed to live your life if you do it another way you're wrong and i think that's probably my favorite line from the album actually since you brought up like existing online and everything how do you guys kind of cope with that since your band is so online um (laughs) i don't really crying in the shower okay fair enough yeah i don't go on honestly here's how i cope with it don't go online there you go because it's probably the hardest I think it's I think it's hard because I have to I do a lot of stuff online so like I do all the stuff for you know my my personal account our other first 11 account and then our concrete cast account so 
I think it's it's a little bit easier for me because I get to kind of spread myself out between the three. So I'm like more of like, okay, if I don't get a chance to, you know, answer every single message on this account, it's okay because I'm going to be doing stuff on this account. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like I think about it more of like a job and then I get less in my head about it. I'm like, okay, my job is social media. I, I post online. I answer messages. I interact with you know, people who listen to our music. And if I think about it in that way, instead of being like, I'm going to put my whole entire personal life on the internet, it's a little bit easier to kind of cope with the idea of like, okay, this is what I do for a living compared to like, I'm going to share everything about me online. Mm -hmm. That's fair. No, Matt, you're not off the line. hook. Yeah, we, we still need lyric. a lyric. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I thought you forgot. <laughs> no, no. It was just going to be like, uh, chasing shadows and conquered castles. That's my favorite <laughs> lyric. That's how we got our band name. But uh, I think it's literally just the hook of mess. Just look at the mess yeah. you've made. I just love a song that's just like, I don't know. I saw a blunt accusatory. It's not like, oh, well, maybe I did something wrong. It's like, nah, you messed this up. Go fix it. I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Nice. Um, so how'd the track list for the album come about? Did you write the opener, be the opener, closer, be a closer? Did you just kind of shuffle it around? What was that process like? That's actually really funny because the opener and closer were not even going to be on the album. Those oh my were God. Two songs that we went back and like recorded that when I was telling you about Wish I Missed You, mm -hmm. um, Mess was the other one that we went back and recorded again. So we kind of recorded those songs and it just kind of like those two fell into place. And then everything in the middle, we were just like, let's spread out the singles. Let's throw some other songs in here. You know what I mean? Oh. Yeah, mm -hmm. we shouldn't admit this, but all the songs we didn't like, we just put at the end. <laughs> Except Mess. Except Mess. We were like, okay, wish I missed you. We like that. Number one. <laughs> Mess, number 11. Single, single, single. I don't like this song. Number 10. Okay, let's go. So, so are you going to ask the same uh, question? Probably. You ask yours. Go. Oh, so if you didn't like the song, why is it on the album? No, no, no. It's not that we don't like the song. It's like comparison. We would be like, okay. in our rankings of like, oh, we like this song. Mm -hmm. We like this song. Because, you know, we had a lot of other songs that didn't make it onto the album. Yeah. So what we had to do was go through and like pick our favorites and like mm -hmm. rank them. So like some of the songs towards the end of the album were maybe some of the ones that like, you know, barely made it onto the album in comparison to like some of the other songs we had or like we we were like, maybe we shouldn't put this one on. Maybe we should. And it just barely slipped on the album. So we just kind of moved it down to see like how it would do mm -hmm. um, and how people would respond to it. But, you know, still maybe tuck it away. So like <laughs> some people don't get to it. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Also, sorry, I was just gonna say, uh, probably the mo in my opinion, probably the most controversial song on their record is probably "Say It," because mm -hmm. we had lots and lots of back and forth. Some people, when we put out like draft arrangements on our management, some people like had it first. Some people had it last, as like oh. big opening closing. And us, like the three of us, we didn't particularly like like we didn't even know if we wanted it on the record and stuff. Oh wow! So there was there are some songs that like seriously the placing of it was such a mixed bag of like throwing out ideas and being like no i don't know like the amount of times we all probably listen to the record full through in different styles is disgusting <laughs> i think it's definitely like you can really just tell it's all dependent on how fast the song really is and how much mm -hmm. you can move to it because the the album gets like you can feel it it gets so much slower yeah. mm -hmm. as it slows as it goes through the track list and i think it really was like if the the true fans are gonna get down this track list this mm -hmm. and they're probably understand and like these slower songs but we don't want to you know alienate people and like 
you know, I guess bore people was like our kind of like thought mm-hmm. process and putting these slow songs at the beginning, hook yeah. them with the big ones, hook them with mm-hmm. like the songs that are like, you know, not better, just better for like, oh, they stand out. Oh, there's a big part in this because like uh, holding on is like, I really, really love that song, but it does it does not go anywhere quickly. Like, it's just like, that's just the song. It's not supposed to. It's not a half awake. It's not a wish I missed you. So it just naturally found itself lower on the track listing. So same with Say It. It's just like, it kind of just goes at this, you know, slower pace that just kind of, you know, I didn't think was like, I guess, you know, felt right at the beginning of the, of the track list so yeah. we put it near the end i think our biggest thing with like anything we do is like we always say this is like we try and cast like the widest net possible mm-hmm. so when we when it came to like ordering these songs we were like what songs are going to get like most people excited and mm-hmm. that's why a lot of the songs that are at the top are kind of like you know the singles or songs that sound similar to the singles that we were like okay a wide you know net of people will like these songs and it's not going to be like specifically people who came to our album to listen to us like we could hook people who maybe don't even know who we are yet if they hear these first few songs on the album i think that really puts into context what i guess i started out by saying songs we didn't like are at the end (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. more so like like i was just saying we're trying to cast the widest net and we have a backlog we've done covers and we Mm kind of know what covers people tend to like We've never really done a cover that sounds like Say It. We've never really experimented with that kind of music. So we were like a little hesitant to like put it up front and center. But like just a friend half awake, we had these influences from bands that have proven to do well on Mm -hmm. our covers channel. We're like, let's put these front and center. These are our singles. These are our go-getter songs. These are going to get people interested. And then, like I said, as people make their way down the track list and they like Say It, then great. And if they don't, then... I don't know. It's number 10 or whatever. Then don't listen to it. I don't know what to tell you. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so earlier you did mention you had a couple other songs that you were debating on whether to put that on the album or not. Were those songs like fully recorded? And then a follow-up question, will this album have any B-sides? And are those any of the tracks? So they were not fully recorded. So mm-hmm. produced. So basically it started at like 40, 50 songs. And then we hmm. whittled it down to 14 songs. So we were going to have a 14 okay. song album. And then right before we went to record, we made it 11. Like that's basically what happened. And we were trying to make it 10, but we literally could not decide what other song to not have on the album. So we just made it 11. So we made it 11. And then for B-sides, we kind of, it was kind of like a YouTube exclusive thing right now, but we did a hmm. bunch of reimagining of the singles. Okay. So those are kind of acting as our B-side. You can go, I'm not sure, this is not a plug. Go to our YouTube channel, watch our reimagined songs. No, but really, we don't know what we're going to do with like the other songs that we have. Mm-hmm. Like we always will have them and they're just kind of tucked away right now. And I don't know if we'll, you know, revisit it for like the second album or maybe put out some like sporadic singles before we put out our next album or something. But I think for all of us, and we've been talking a lot more about writing our second album lately is like those are kind of like, you know, that's the bar right now. Those songs mm-hmm. almost made it on the first album. Let's try and write all of our songs for our second album to be better than those songs that, you know, just missed the cut for the first one. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll never use them. Maybe we will. I'm, I'm not sure what we'll do with them yet, but they all, they'll always be there. So yeah. I don't know if they'll ever get released or not. Okay. Okay. 
All right. Sounds good. Uh, so what song off this record took the longest to write and which one is your personal favorite? Well, I think the obligatory longest to write was probably mess because that mm. started that started like years and years ago. When we oh, like 14, probably. That oh song God. is very, very old. Me and Audra wrote it in like Ryan's basement, yeah, who is like our get, like the guy that plays bass in first to 11. But yeah, so we wrote that in the basement when we were really young. And it was like the first song we recorded in L.A. too, which was in like 2016. So oh, wow. not long after we had written it, we recorded it. And then we just did nothing with it for like five years. <laughs> but it's gone through so many changes because it started out like as a really difficult like guitar song on acoustic. And then it mm-hmm. changed to like a very simple acoustic, like, it was, like almost a pop song. Like, oh, my God, it was like a pop song. And then it like finally we were like, no. <laughs> I, I don't want to, I don't like to just say like what our inspirations are, but you ever hear 21 questions by oh, water parks. Water Park. mm-hmm. I was like, I want a song like that. <laughs> it's a great that song. Was, that was a huge inspiration for mess. We were like, let's have it be this like acoustic song that it started off as, you know, mm-hmm. and then bring in some elements of like the other versions of it that we had yeah. and then end up, you know, building it up to like the big, like last chorus that it is like in the final version now. And then I don't know if you asked what was our favorite song to write. Yes. But Mess was also my favorite because when I music, I just love hearing like I watch a lot of movies and I like like first act, second act, third act. Mm -hmm. And that's how that song is structured. You have like your first act starts low, it introduces the guitar, your second act, it gets bigger. And then your third act, it gets just the climactic ending. So that's just how I love to listen and to write songs. So that song is just such a shoo-in for me as like my favorite on the album and my favorite one to write. Mm-hmm. Favorite one to write probably for me was Porcelain only because the demo of that was like pretty skin and bones, like acoustic guitar, whatever. And then I remember walking into like our producer's studio one day and hearing it in the background and he added just a s- small little touches, like having to be freshly produced, like little things that he was like, yeah, I was kind of playing around with this idea. And I like almost got like, I sound so stupid. I almost got like emotional. I was like, I cannot believe that this is like where you took this, like never would have thought of these things. This is amazing. So writing, I guess, like, I don't know. It was very inspiring to write that song. Cause it made me want to like just grab a guitar and be like, okay, now I want to do this. Now I want to do that. And I want to do mm-hmm. this. So I loved writing porcelain. I think oh. our, we definitely skew towards the songs with the worst demos <laughs> as our favorite. Oh I was going to say the same thing. Actually. I think my favorite song to write was porcelain. Cause well, I just remember me and Sam sitting here in the studio trying to write that song and you came up with that the pre-chorus going into the chorus that I'm not expecting you to go into the chorus and I was like oh my god and it was like my favorite thing on the album um but I think my favorite song kind of changes a lot I think right now and I I think a lot of it is from touring but my favorite is Hidden Faces just because of how fun that song was to do live because we had that chanty part in Mm -hmm. the chorus and we'd have everybody sing it. And we did a little, you know, intro and like changed it up to play live. So I think that that one is probably my favorite from the album right now. All right. Perfect. Uh, Since you guys cited Water Parks as an influence, we have to ask, are you guys Water Parks fans? Like casually? Okay. What's your favorite album then? Oh, oh, the first one. I'll, I'll be real. I don't want to sound like that guy where bands get worse after their first album. I'm not a big fan of anything. Uh, I think that's their, actually their, I don't know. I, I was going to say, I can't keep track. So here's Is my that... problem. Mm-hmm. Here's my problem. I had it on uh, CD 
and mm-hmm. my car can only have one CD in at a time. So I don't know any of the song names of the first album. I just know all the songs on the first album because my car just says, you know, track yeah, one. No, that's my yeah. But I don't, I, okay. I don't know. I like Double some dare. of their singles Double from, dare. I like some of their singles from the third album. Like, mm-hmm. uh, what was the one about a dream boy? I think that's it's just, oh yeah, it's called dream, dream boy. boy. <laughs> that one was, that one was pretty good. Yeah, that one. But I, mm-hmm. I like turbulent. I like, oh, but nothing beats, I think, uh, crave for me that song is yeah, like just makes me want to break shit <laughs> yeah i just like the first album i'm a hater yeah i do like the first album also i like the the newest yeah i like phantom too but mm-hmm. i do like the first album a lot all right solid good answers uh mm-hmm. so where was your headspace at while you're writing this album let's write the album <laughs> Does that count? that's Does the that's count? that's the headspace we we're like mm, first album time to write well i think <laughs> I think it's so nerve wracking. Like we've done covers our whole lives. So like going to write this first album, we were just like, how do we write songs? How do we do this? Are people going to like this? And then we just kept going and going. We were like, let's just write until we, you know, have songs that we like. And we just kept going and going and going. And a lot of it was just like, I do really think like we were just kind of in a panic to be like, how are we going to get people to transition from watching our covers to listening to our original music and I think a lot of that had like a factor in you know how we wrote some of the songs like we were saying when we ordered the songs like our singles we were like okay we know that our our first 11 fans like this kind of sound Mm -hmm. so let's use that pull them over to our original music and then try and you know hook them off that song and have them listen to the rest of the album so I think that was like definitely important when when we were writing is like let's think about how we're going to make this transition from you know, taking our fans of First Eleven and bringing them over and making them fans of Concrete Castles. Okay. Writing guitars was just brain off. I was just like, I'm just going <laughs> to pretend this is a cover because what's the difference? Yeah. Because yeah. like the most nerve wracking part is like laying down the like foundational chords. But Mr. Perfect Pitch Music Theory over here <laughs> just does that in like three seconds. So once he's laid it down, baba boom, I can just... <laughs> I just pretend it's not my song and I can write guitar parts. It's easy. Matt did a great job, by the way. Don't let that fool you. I well, I think I'll I actually I'll I'll intercept what Matt probably is gonna say after this, but I'll just I'll answer for you. The headspace for Matt was probably like we were all kind of like everything we sent to our label, they're just like sounds great. And I know just watching watching especially Matt just like plot his hair and be like, tell me like your actual thoughts. Like stop we thought they were like babying or sugar no they're like no sounds great everything's good perfect like, peachy world wrong with i was about to just write the most garbage song ever and just send it over and just be like you guys can't tell me this sounds good i wrote yeah. this to be bad tell me like, it sounds good one more time i'll fly out there I like, swear. sounds great put it on the album sounds amazing <laughs> yeah god Open like, it definitely was nerve-wracking just being like we've never done this before and like they were being truly honest and just being like, no, like you guys are doing a good job. And we were like, there has to be something. We have to be doing something wrong. I, yeah. We were definitely in our own heads about it, I think. Well, I think the, I was going to say, I think the worst headspace we are in is that we are in our own heads and we are trying to just make other people like happy. We we're like, okay, what do our fans want to hear? Yeah. What do our uh, label want to hear? Brain off this next record. I don't care about anything, bro. <laughs> if I want to put a 15 minute guitar solo in a song, bro, I will. <laughs> Oof. I'm not gonna, but I, oh, okay. I, yeah, I'm like, I think the label might have some words about that. <laughs> nah, I was gonna say, but no, I think it, 
like obviously everything i say is just dramatic so just go somewhere in the middle but i think i think the headspace for the next album is going to definitely be like okay what what do we want what do we want to do because i feel like we kind of wrote what we wanted to write we definitely wanted to write this album but we kind of stripped it back so like Mm -hmm. some of the guitar parts i was like okay maybe that's a little much for this one you know what i mean maybe just like one song like we put out feelers so like half awake i was gonna say half awake i love that song on guitar it's so heavy it gets going it's like the epitome like i'd write 12 songs like that but like i think for this record it was like okay what what do people want to hear like it's not all because i think the whole kind of like basis around everything we've done as like musicians and together is like you know 50 50 split we want to do it we want to make music but we also want to make music that people want to listen to like Mm -hmm. it's not all i'm not saying that musicians can't be all about themselves write what you want to write but we're definitely like they don't want to hear it there's not a whole lot of sense in writing it so and i think to kind of go off of that we from our tour and like from seeing against the current and like kind of seeing how their music has transitioned over the years from like, you know, they they did the same thing as us. They played covers. They started writing mu- original music. And, you know, they had that like pop era of Against the Current. And now they they have just been like, we want to write what we want to write, too. And like seeing them play like their new like Fever is like a pretty heavy EP. And like seeing them play it live and people still enjoying it just as much. We're like, oh, we could do that too like we mm-hmm. don't have to be as nervous to like write stuff like that because we've seen that it can work and also mm-hmm. even like top 40 stuff you see people like young blood and olivia rodrigo and uh mgk oh. and like all those people putting like actual guitars in there yeah. and say what you want about you know if you like these p- people if you don't like their music yeah guitar is guitar bands mm-hmm. are bands it doesn't matter how it gets out there it just matters that it's out there so i personally love i'm yeah. gonna say i personally love everybody putting out music that's even got a little bit of an edge to it because it just yeah. makes what we want to do so much easier. Because yeah. like, you know, some people, I, I don't know, I don't like the mindset of the people like, it's not the guitar I like to play. I'm like, yeah, but it, it can set you up to have an audience yeah. to, you know, you know, you can adopt them. You'd be like, oh, you like this guitar? Why do you like this guitar? And you can string them, string exactly. them along. Because yep. like, we know Audrey's a home run, bro. Woman singer, easy peasy. The band part's kind of the hard part. We got to make sure oh that God. we're hitting the right audience for that. Oh, that's great. It's amazing. Uh, so how do you recommend your listeners to check out this record for the first time? Should they put it on with some headphones on in the dark? Should they play it in the car with friends? Should they blast it at a party? What do you guys recommend? Just listen to it, bro. I don't care. My recommendation is just to listen to it maybe, I don't know, four, five million times. <laughs> okay. Money, Get those dreams up. Of course, yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is like some of the songs on here definitely like listen to with your friends songs. Like mm-hmm. it's so funny because like, yeah, Hidden Faces, when I'm with my friends, they always put just a friend on and they're like all singing along to it. And I'm like, this is so weird, but I kind of like it. Like mm-hmm. It's definitely like that's definitely a song where like you can sing along to it. I think some of the songs, some of the singles and like the first few songs on the album are definitely like listen to with people kind of like have fun songs. And then when you get down to the bottom, it's like, listen alone in your room, like crying in the dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't really think any, I don't think any of us are really huge fans of bands that are like, you know, you sit down you're like, yeah. Oh, the misery. So like, <laughs> we're not really like that. So we don't write songs like that. Just listen mm-hmm. to the songs in the car. Like, I mean, listen like, with listen with your friends, go on a walk, get like yeah. some exercise in. I mean, 
I don't know, man. Just listen to the song. It's not that deep. It's just like when we were recording the songs. We listened to them while we would walk around like our air where we were staying at our Airbnb. We would like go on a walk and like listen to like the songs we were working on and be like, what are we going to do tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, just listen to it. All Good right. album. Good album. 10 out of 10. Go listen. Uh, so this question should be super, super quick. Off the top of your head, I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words. No more, no less. All three of you have to do it. Uh, um, no, 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 don't make me go first. <laughs> Matt, rest your arm over there. Stop putting people on the spot. I'd say, I'd say, um, energetic. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nuts. No, that's nutty. I don't know what's wrong with us, but that was what I was thinking. I, <laughs> Matt, you go. Can you swear? Yes. Yeah. Really fucking good. There you go. <laughs> go listen to the album. That's good. Was my one. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, don't want to say the wrong thing. Sam, do you have any? Um, we have the same one. We share one. Uh, this is just me personally, but stomping. This song just makes me. This song just makes me want to just like. He's stomping in the background. We aren't watching this. Scott up. This record's a stomper. Stomper. You guys are going to get done with this interview and just be like, what just happened? <laughs> what did we do? Listen, I love the visual aspect to it. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> energetic stomping. <laughs> no, he got all oh, yeah. I did my three. I thought I summed it up pretty, pretty candidly. You did. Yeah. but I guess that's technically three words. Does that count? Yeah. That can count. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ba-ba-boom. Done. Yes. Got it. Done. Done. Oh, you didn't- Complete. Oh, wait. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, and uh, wait, no, can I change mine? Mine's going to be energetic, uh, honking and tonking. Put down a few all right, well, on that note, we're a, done. That, that's enough. That's what our album like. This is not a country album. Just to let people know, if you haven't listened to it, we're not a country band. <laughs> an actual description, alternative pop rock. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Why don't we just start with that? You can put all the other stuff in, too. Yeah. Of course. Honkin' Tonkin'. I love that. Honkin' Tonkin'. Stompin' Honkin' Tonkin'. Knee slapping. It's getting worse. <laughs> Just move no, on. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, so, is there a certain feeling or emotion you want this album to invoke in your listeners? To want to listen to us more. I honestly, <laughs> I think just excited. Yeah. Like, I just want them to be excited to see what we have, you know, coming up in the next album and like what we keep putting out. And I just want them to, you know, be excited about listening to these songs and just want to listen to them. I want people to want to come see us live. Like I want people to hear these and be like, damn, I like when I heard like, a, like not that I was around for this, but I can imagine hearing like when blink released like enema of the state and being like, mm-hmm. I need to go see that live so I can just thrash around and have fun. I think mine would probably be like, just like, it's going to sound really weird, but the sense of that we've matured because we've been playing together since like, you know, I mean, way before this, but like online since like 16, people could see, go back and watch videos. Like, I mean, there's a video of me playing when I was nine on YouTube. If you dig hard. Oh my God. God Damn. Like, I'm going to say, so it's just like the maturity and like, I mean, like, 
I almost don't want to invoke any emotion from the standpoint of like, no one thinks any differently that we're just a band. Cause like, yeah, I don't doing covers and They're doing, nice I was going to say, you know, pu- building your audience mainly on YouTube, doing covers like beforehand, like, you know what I mean? Just all this like stigma, like maybe like for me, at least like not putting solos in your song, not having super technically hard music. It's just like, I just want people to just listen to it and be like, that's a good band. That's a mature mm-hmm. band. I want to go see them. Mm-hmm. That's all I want. That's really like the only thing I want to invoke is yeah. just like set the stage for like these next couple albums. Just be like, we're good at writing. We're good at playing. We slap live like, oh, my God. <laughs> but like and just like kind of setting the stage like, OK, this is not just a cover band. This yeah. is not just a kid band. And I, I know it sounds like it sounds funny. Well, it's funny because we've been playing together since we were like 10 so everybody's just like, oh, they're the the young kids from Erie who play in a band together. Mm-hmm. And like now we're we're not anymore. And we I was going to say being 2021, it doesn't seem like we're kids, but we're still like the youngest people that play around our town. We're still like the youngest people like in the room when we go do anything like it's just like I'm sick of it, bro. I'm an adult. I can vote. Exactly. Give me the respect I deserve. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, you're not the youngest people here. So exactly you're the oldest. That's what I like to hear. Uh, so, old? yeah, <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. So what band or artist influence you think you can hear the most on this album? If any, Matt, I know you say you don't like to cite source, uh, probably, uh, but probably boomerang by the Somerset. <laughs> They're probably our biggest influence. Our producers for this album, John and Steven are in the Somerset and, and Steven always talks about how much he hates boomerang. So we always bring it up whenever we can. But okay. actually I think like, for me, especially like Paris was like a big one, especially when it came to vocals, Paramore, obviously all those like female fronted, you know, kind of like pop rock bands from that like era, era were definitely like big ones for me, I would say. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's bands that can take like guitars and have the almost like understate them. Like they don't need to have like all of these glitz and glamoury parts and bends and you know, just be the front center of attention. I listen to a lot of bands that like you'd put the guitars in the back they take a backseat, they take a secondary role, but they're still interesting and they're still able to be listened to. But also just like bands that are heavy, but aren't heavy. I think the like best you can't tell that they're heavy if you were just listening. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the best thing about having Audrey the singer is I can basically get as heavy as I want with guitars. But as long as she's not screaming, people don't think <laughs> yep. it's that heavy of music. So yeah. I listen to a lot of bands like say anything and hum and just like Don Broco, just like mm-hmm. bands mm-hmm. that like I can like basically take what they do and not so much the parts themselves, just the way they implement guitars and implement the guitars in that way in like my own way here. And then uh, I, I hope I'm not stealing yours, but as like a collective 1975, oh, every yeah. single song for like guitar tones for we like listen to so much of the 1975 when we were recording this album for sure. chocolate's still in my head we, re- we recorded this thing like two years ago bro it tastes like chocolate oh okay <laughs> knee slapping stomping but yeah like i think like as a whole band 1975 is just yeah. like a go-to yeah no actually i was gonna say that Tim time but i also kind of feel like for the writing process like i don't know if i i feel like it was kind of like we took another way to put what matt said is like we took bands that we like that are a little heavier and when i i guess was trying to think of like some chords or whatever i was like all right let me just drop the tempo 10 bpm and like take out one of the chords and like 
lengthen it a little bit so it's a little more digestible. So if I took like, I don't know, if I was listening to like All Time Low or something and it's like a punk one they did, I'd be like, that was cool. Like, what if you just took out one of those chords and like dropped it in pet tape or pace a little bit? Now it kind of turns into like a pop song almost. So mm-hmm. emo-ish, which is weird. It doesn't really sound like an emo record, but I definitely listen to a lot of emo, like Jimmy, Jimmy World for mm-hmm. me a lot. That was a big one. Okay. It's like hiding our like influences like into our record. Like we listen to a lot of like like Sam said he listened to like a lot of emo two thousand like early two thousands like music. More like we listen to like all of their old records and you can't really tell, but it's definitely there if you listen hard enough. We listen to like really a lot heavier music than like we let on with like what we record, but like it's like we want to like play that music but not in like the ways that people play it so we're just like okay how, how are we gonna do it like you know without alienating people and being like turn this racket off <laughs> okay sounds good <laughs> uh, so what was your favorite memory that you made while creating this record driving 36 hours to freaking record it is the worst thing ever oh we drove from erie to arizona um, because oh. it was literally in the middle of COVID. It was like July and we were just like, oh my God. Well, the best memory is we actually were, I don't, this might be a little, the date's a little off, but we were actually slated to go record this in March, like 14th. God damn. Oh my God. That's March, the, like, I'm pretty sure yeah. like March 10th or whatever. It was mm-hmm. just like, it was like the day before everything shut down. We were supposed to get on a plane. It's like, you're not going anymore. And we were like, They didn't even even say you're not going. They called us and they were like, our manager was so like just nonchalant and casual. I remember he was like, so just letting you guys know, um, L.A. just invoked this thing where you can't go into grocery stores anymore. And they're thinking about shutting down the airport tomorrow. And he was like, so it's up to you guys. And we were like, (laughs) yeah, okay, maybe not. So at the beginning, I was terrified of COVID at the beginning. So I have like I'm in like my like fort in my house like pillow fort like mm-hmm. clutching my knees i'm like we're not going we're not going we're not going, we're not going. So, like it was just funny to like this record just kept getting pushed back and back and back because of covid this record was supposed to come out when we went to record it like it was God supposed damn. to come out that summer and because we were supposed to go record it in march and then we were just like mm, probably not they were like they were like the only way you can get down here is if you drive and we were like, and we were like <gasps> fine we'll do it and then Sam dropped symbols on me when I was sleeping because he doesn't know how to pack a car. Oh, my God. I would actually say that's probably in my my top three memories from recording the album. I was driving down, like, the mountains of Arizona, mm-hmm. and Mac, Matt was just sleeping in the backseat. And I just hear Sam's symbols fall from, like, where they're packed in the car, literally right onto Matt. And the look on both of your faces when I turned around, I was like, somebody's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I was not happy. I didn't say anything though, which is like the first no, time I've ever done that in my life. Matt just opened his eyes and then just went back to sleep, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> Don't have the energy for that. Um, so picture this: you're on tour, you're at a gas station for a rest stop. What is your snack of choice? <sighs> yeah, but the problem is, mallow cups aren't, you know, everywhere. So. If you guys don't know what mallow cups are, they're like no. basically Reese's cups, but instead of peanut butter, it's marshmallow. Really they're good. really, really, really good. Hmm. Yeah, and they got a little bit of coconut in them. They're really Ooh. good. But I can't say that because they're not, they, they really aren't actually a lot of places. I've really only found them in PA. You like the popcorn stuff. Oh, 
the corn nuts. I do like those. We had them at our video shoots for the album. And then I was just like, I want these so bad. And I like that. Ch- what was that popcorn we had, Sam? The cheddar popcorn? White cheddar popcorn. Uh, I don't know, man. It kind of depends. I mean, my go-to now is Flamin' Hot Cheetos because they wake me, it wakes me up. If I'm slumping yeah. while driving, just to, to light my mouth on oh, fire. I also mm-hmm. get a coffee every time we stop at a gas station. You know those, like, cans of, like, Starbucks, like, double-shot yeah. coffees? I get a vanilla double-shot Starbucks every time we stop at a gas station. What you like, Sammy? I like trail mix. It's kind of boring, Ooh. but I like trail mix. I don't really know. I don't really eat a lot of, like, candies i like i just like gum too like i feel mm-hmm. like i like things that try and like stimulate my body a little bit i'm answering for sam it's subway he lied oh. <laughs> we'll stop at a gas station i'll be like sam the closest subway is three miles he's like i'm walking he just will just go he'll just he just spawn subways it's crazy oh my god i don't understand i've never seen a sub every like every time we stop there's always a subway i don't get it i don't understand like i'm just like there can't possibly be a subway attached to this gas station and there just is there every single time without fail i don't ever want to eat subway ever again i'm yeah. subwayed out we ate so much subway we ate so much subway that's oh. kind of gross i'm really yeah. sorry to hear that yeah my condolences uh, so if this band was a dish, what dish would the band be? No. <laughs> Subway sandwich. No. Oh, I said I I said I said we'd be we'd be caviar. We'd be like caviar on top of scrambled eggs or something. Oh that's horrible. Maybe we should stop talking about food with now. you guys. At this point, we are a sub No, we're wings. Oh. Wings. Okay. Are we're you bone in wings or like chicken nugget wings? What'd you just say? There's only one type of wing. The other one's chicken nuggets. You said it yourself. I, I mean, but I meant like boneless wings. They call it the, chicken you know, nuggets. Chick- All flats. Flats. I mean, but I just bar food, bro. You like it. You want to go to it with your friends. Mm-hmm. It's bingeable. Oh, so it's good. good for your soul. Might not mm-hmm. be the best for your health. <laughs> but, you know, it's good right here. It's good for the heart. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bar food. I love that. Bar food. Perfect. Uh, so where do you see the band in the next five years? At the top of the world, millions of dollars in our pocket. You know what I mean? I'm just chilling. I put my feet up. I'm just chilling. I'm just the God King Emperor of the earth. I think in the next few years, we definitely want to be on tour more because it's something that we really haven't gotten to do much. And just from like even the short amount that we were on tour with Against the Current, we were just like, we want to do this more. Like it was so fun. And you see such like a quick return of like people listening to your music. Like we had the best show in Chicago and our number one city for most of our songs now on Spotify is Chicago. And like, Mm -hmm. you just see after every show, like there's more people following you on social media. There's more people listening to your album. And I think it's just so exciting and rewarding to like go on tour and just see all these people coming back and like continuing to listen after the shows. And I think that we're all pretty excited to keep doing that and just to keep writing and putting out, you know, another album or two, I guess, in the next five years, you know? Yeah. I see us also touring more. And I mean, I don't know. I'm excited to travel while touring. So I don't know. Where do I see us? Like, I kind of... I don't know. It sounds kind of boring, but I, I see it's just like a very like well-respected, almost like normal band, like a band that you're not just like, oh, those are the guys who do covers, the band that you're just like, those are the guys with that amazing album. And they're going on tour with like, 
you know, uh, bring me the horizon this fall or something. Like, I kind of just want to be, like, a respected player in the game. I just want to – I don't know if, like – I hope we get there. I just want to see us being confident. Because, yeah. like, bro, I throw up before we do anything. <laughs> We're about to put out the first single. I throw up. We're about to go on stage. I throw – I just, like, I'm sick of being this nervous, have to ask management if yeah, this is okay. Like- I just want us to have the confidence to write the music that we want to write and uh, play where we want to play. And just like, just everything's like, there's no questions asked. Like no one is like, Oh, who are they? They're not like, Oh, what are they about? They can just step into the room. They know exactly. Oh, it's concrete castles. This is the type of mm-hmm. music they play. They're going to put on probably one of the best live shows you've ever seen just because they're so good and handsome and pretty. And <laughs> you know, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. But I just want the confidence. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to yeah. keep second guessing. That's all I want. I don't really care where we are like financially or like, you know, streaming wise or anything. I just want to be able to like, okay, I don't have to. This is what we do and we don't even have to think about it. Like we just know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like I play shows. Well, I write songs. Well, like I put out music and I, like I just do it well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I like that a lot. Uh, so for these last couple of questions, we're actually going to shift away from music, if that's okay with you guys. Yeah, I hate music. Me too. Us too. Yeah. <laughs> so we're actually going to go straight to death row. Boom. So if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? Um, My last meal would be... Oh, man, this is such a tough one. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of a joke, but maybe I'll think of a better answer. I'd eat my, like, what I eat before, like, I, I go to the gym. I'd have my pre-workout for my last meal, so I can just be looking nice and fit right before I get marked. <laughs> okay. With a drink, with a drink. Uh, nails, without any milk. <laughs> okay. Um... I feel like I'd have to go all out. I just have like surf and turf or something. Mm-hmm. And then uh, coffee for sure. Definitely okay. coffee. Okay. Interesting combo. My mom makes this pasta with chicken and white wine. We call it drunk pasta because my brother, we had it when my brother was like 14. He's two years younger than me. And he just pretended he was drunk the entire night because my mom <laughs> put like the smallest dash of wine in it. My brother just took it to the maximum. <laughs> But it's it it's the best though. thing. I'll eat like a whole crock pot of it and then just I'm dead. You're dead. Gone. Sorry, I kind of gave you a fake answer. I just didn't know what to say. I would love okay. some A5 Wagyu with mm. as- <laughs> with some asparagus and rice. That's what I would do. It went from and a $5 pre-workout meal to $500. <laughs> literally. And what's your drink with that fancy steak? Uh, my... Uh, Water. Okay. Water. I'm gonna go. Nice I'm gonna go water as well. Uh, can't water. beat water, man. You really can't. I'll go tap water though. I'm alpha. Whoa. I'll okay. go out on top. I'll just assert. I'll do L.A. tap water before I. Oh die. God! I'm don't do that. Anyways. I'm dying anyways. Give oh my me God. The worst Oof. water ever. Oof. Uh, so if you could live in one fiction world for a week, where would you live? Fictional world world for a week. I feel like. Oh, I got it. Oh. Uh, Fruity Land from Rick and Morty. Oh, <gasps> yeah. You know that? It, yeah, that's where mm-hmm. I would go. Okay. That's good one. I want to live in the movie Tangled. Ooh, Ooh. I love that. Oh, it's so colorful. Man, I don't really know, man. Fictional world. All the fiction that I, like, consume is just, like, the whole world's dying. <laughs> and just one man yep. left. I'm like, I don't really want to live there. I want to live in, like, a, a good place. I don't know. I want to live in, like, Gotham City, bro. Just have Batman oh my God. just, like, flying around. Mm-hmm. That'd okay. be sick. All right. 
don't die. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I know, I know. I just said I want to live in a nice place, and I pick a not nice place, but that'd be sick, bro. It would be pretty cool. You see the bat signal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I actually have the honor of asking the last question. Every single person we've spoken to has said that it is the most important question. What is your favorite color? Black is my favorite color. It's all I wear. Okay. Anytime I have to like pick a color for anything, I always pick that. It's, it's a good color. Brown. It's a good oh color. My God, what is this, bro? <laughs> I know we have the most boring. This is the worst ever. answers ever. It's always one I pick. I'll go maroon red. That's the color of my favorite guitar. Thank right. you. Velvety, right. baby. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Royalty. That's bad for you, Sam. I was going to guess that you were going to say brown. Mm. All right. I'm more of a beige guy myself, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I like the earthy, like, brown and olive green. Like, I, I love this shirt, Matt. I like think it looks great on you. That's so adorable. Thanks. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, as Gloria said, this little questions we have today. Is there anything that you would like to plug? I mean, you can follow all of our social medias, uh, <laughs> our YouTube, our Instagram, Facebook, website. Um, so all of our, our social handles are just Concrete Castles. And then our website is concretecastles.ban. You can buy physical copies of our album, Wish I Missed You. Um, and you can find like all of our streaming stuff on there also. And we have merch on there. So go check it out. All right. Well, thank you for now. This guy's been Concrete Castles, and we have been the Good Noise Podcast.